another episode of Get Up Ten Podcast. I'm glad to be back in action. I have just been taking time to listen to my inner voice. And so a couple weeks ago, I just was feeling really burdened by everything I have going on in my life between school and personal things. And so I just took time to put my focus on the things I needed to get done. And then this past week, I took time to just like unload and relax and chill and enjoy life and feel all the feels. But I did not want to take too much time off because next thing I know, it'll be like three months and I haven't recorded a podcast. So I'm back with y'all and I'm really excited to continue recording. I want to talk a little bit about mental health today. And um, this episode is totally inspired by Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles. And it's so funny, I was listening to another podcast that I'm following, and they started talking about the same thing, and I had to cut it off because I was like, ooh, like I definitely wrote this down as a topic that I needed to talk about weeks ago and still haven't done it, and then I don't want to listen to somebody else's opinions and then just like spit it out. I want to make sure I'm coming from a pure place when I speak, so I'm definitely going to go back and finish that other podcast, but before I do, I had to record my own And I'm not going to lie, that was yesterday that I meant to record. And then I'm sitting here just catching up on my schoolwork. I'm doing several, well, not several, two (laughs) online educational programs. And I'm sitting here reading my discussion board for my women's entrepreneur certificate, entrepreneurship certificate. And uh, the discussion topic was, has anybody ever judged you for your presence? any aspect of your presence, your appearance, your voice, whatever it is. And so I'm sitting here reading these women's posts and I was like, oh, like this is some good stuff right here. Like just to hear people's experiences and stories. And then I was like, oh, speaking of this is some good stuff right here. I definitely need to record a podcast. So here I am. (laughs) So let's get into it. Uh, So first I want to just address Naomi Osaka. I know that this is a little bit quote-unquote old news, but the lessons from it are not old, so I just want to go over it. So if you don't know, Naomi Osaka withdrew from the French Open because of mental health reasons. She cited that, um, last I read at least, I tried to do my homework, but correct me if I'm wrong, but essentially that when she had to do interviews, it gave a lot of it created a lot of anxiety for her because she's there to play tennis, not chat with these reporters. And so the French Open was not willing to let her like not do her interviews. So she decided that she was out. Um, and I think that that is, com- is commendable, the word. I don't know, but something that we can look up to and learn from because I feel like we need to you need to know yourself and know your limits and your boundaries and the Lord did not create you to be living in anxiety. Like, that is not his desire. You know, one of my favorite verses says the Lord did not give us a spirit of fear. And anxiety is definitely related to that spirit of fear because you, and with anxiety, you're afraid of what could happen or what may happen. And it definitely is a lot of fear driving anxiety. And we weren't created for that. So I would say if you are experiencing anxiety I would ask encourage you to dig deep on that and get to the roots of maybe why you're feeling that way or when did it start you know and I don't think that there is anybody on this planet worth suffering anxiety for like I just can't see it and so 
I'm proud of her for saying, you know what, I'm not in a good space and I'm out. Like y'all are not going to honor my wishes or desire. Like not, it's not even like a wish. I almost feel like if somebody's ca- talking to you about their mental health, if they're having a mental health crisis and you're not supportive, like that's just, to me, that's just like human decency. Like that is just, that's like the basics, like to respect somebody's, you know, mental health is a big deal. And I definitely speak on this from experience. And I think I'll talk about that at some point in this podcast. But yeah, like I just, again, I don't think there's anybody worth suffering anxiety for. And if somebody's causing you anxiety, I think that's a relationship or an environment that you need to step back and assess. Is it worth it? Like, do I really need to be here? Should I really be taking this? Do I need to speak up for myself? Um, Recently, I heard something I'm not sure if it was a YouTube video or a podcast or whatever because I'm always listening to stuff but they were talking about it might have been Nedra Tawab but I'm not sure uh they were talking about making it a practice a habit of standing up for yourself and I never thought of it that way but I think it's important and even as I'm starting my educational endeavors back up with my master's degree um part of the hope and the expectation is that through our writing and our discussions that we will begin to develop a sense of our own voice and be confident in that and I think it's so important especially now just even as a mother like being a mom makes me speak up in ways that I didn't think I would have to before and it's important to me because I want my daughter to know that she has a voice and she can stand up for herself and speak out and One of my favorite quotes in the last couple of years is speak your truth even if your voice shakes. And I'm definitely doing my best to adapt that in every area of my life. So that's that on Simone. I mean, ooh, Naomi. We're moving on to Simone who withdrew from the Olympics. Not completely, but at the time when she did it, we weren't sure if she was going to compete at all or just for these particular events. But for this day... She competed in an event and did not land it, land her, her attempt, I'll say, properly. And she realized that she wasn't in the right headspace to be competing and withdrew herself from the competition. And she got a lot of backlash for that because she's supposed to be the GOAT. And here she is choosing not to compete in what's known as one of the greatest athletic platforms. And... Ultimately, she did end up competing in the Olympics, but for those events, she chose to withdraw. And like I said, there was a lot of people who felt some type of way about that. But I think I wanted to say a couple things as it relates to Simone. And again, I'm definitely shouting out Simone, big ups, kudos, all of that, because I respect what she did. Um, I think it's easier for people to make comments when they're on the sidelines. Like everybody, even, you know, you go to, well, I don't know if you go to sporting events now, but you know, back in the day when the world was quote-unquote normal, people on the sidelines, people in the audience, fans, they always got an opinion, but nobody really knows what is, what it's like to be a player, what it's like to be an athlete, what it's like to be the main, I don't want to say attraction, but you know, like on stage, in front of a class, etc. However it works for you, nobody knows that except for anybody who's 
going through that experience or maybe not even maybe it's just your personal experience and so yeah like it's always easy for fans to make their comments when they're not on the court I'll say in reference to my basketball background (laughs) and also what I noticed about Simone is that you have to fight for you you have to have your own back and that's what I'm really learning as I go through my life and my experiences is that I have to fight for me at the end of the day nobody's gonna do it for me nobody's gonna stand up for me nobody's gonna fight for me nobody's gonna have my back if I don't do it for myself first and while it may be true I'm fortunate to say that I have people in my life that would have my back for a little bit at the end of the day they're not always gonna be there and this is my life to live and so it's almost like a vow that I have to myself to always fight for myself and keep fighting and so I think that Simone did that because the people around her would have probably just encouraged her to like brush it off and keep going but she knew deep down like no like I need to step back and that's another thing I want to talk about is that there is a difference between shaking it off and toughening up and knowing your limits and I I had to learn that personally as well as a nurse especially because you know life happens to all of us and it's how you choose to respond to life dictates the next or like what happens to you if that makes sense so as a nurse you in healthcare I'll, I'll even expand it to say in healthcare and honestly many other fields but definitely in healthcare there is no days off you know we don't get the summer off like teachers we don't necessarily get a weekend off like monday to friday and the weekend off um you know, like, you have to show up. Healthcare is a 24-7 type of deal, and it's, it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what the weather is. Like, you're expected to show up and do your job, and I just remember this past year when I quit my job, um, the supervisors, I pretty much had a breakdown at work, like, aka, I reached my limits, And I went to my supervisors and I tried to express to them that I was not in any mind state to be taking care of anybody's loved ones. Because I have to remember, I have a license that I am responsible for. I have people's lives that I'm responsible for. There's a lot of responsibility and I take that very seriously. And so if I can't perform at a certain standard, then I'm going to remove myself just as Simone did. So I remember when before I quit my last job, I had a breakdown and I was, like I said, standing up for myself, using my voice, expressing to my supervisors that I am not in any state of mind to be taking care of nobody's family member for 12 hours overnight. And they brushed me off. They were like, oh, you know, this is what we do in nursing. Just go take 15 minutes and see how you feel. And it just really disturbed me because I understand that in nursing, we do put ourselves aside to take care of others, but it's just like, at what, at what length, like at what point is it just too much? And it's so funny, like, I'm glad I read this discussion board before I hopped on to do this podcast, because one of the ladies talks about giving from a place of overflow. And a lot of us are walking around here giving from a few drops and it's not even quality, (laughs) you know? She said, like, how can you give? If you're not at 100%, what do you really have to give? 
And I just, I'm like, oh, I like that giving from the overflow. Like I'm about to embrace that mentality because that's honestly how it should be. And so I, I, I don't want to be out here a zombie, nothing to give, half, or no, not half empty, glass, <laughs> not even half. I'm going to say glass with a few drops in it, trying to pour out. Like that's just not a good look and I'm not here for it. Anyways, back to the, my, when I quit my job, I just remember them telling me that this is what nurses do. And I'm thinking about the oath that I took when I graduated nursing school. And I'm like, mm, I don't see sacrificing mental my mental health in the oath that I took. And the other part that really just shocked me was just that we are in this day and age where we're talking about normalized therapy, mental health matters, mental health is wealth, da 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 However, when somebody comes to us and expresses that they're having a mental health crisis, we just brush it off. And being in the nursing field, it's funny because when I graduated uh, nursing school with my experience, I just decided that I didn't feel like I would be a good psych nurse. And because I, I like to believe the best in people and that could lead to being easily manipulated. <laughs> if you don't, if you're not like aware of what's going on and you don't have good boundaries which honestly at the time I didn't really have the best boundaries and I'm still working on my boundaries but they're a lot better than they used to be but at the time I just knew that it wouldn't be wise for me to be a psych nurse and but it's funny because wherever whatever field you are in nursing mental health you can't separate it you're even if you're not a quote-unquote psych nurse you're gonna have patients with mental things going on and um one of my favorite patients to work with sometimes um back in the day aka two years ago <laughs> was dementia patients because it's just an interesting experience like these people do not have their full mental capacity anymore and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad for example I remember I had this sweet little grandma who had dementia and to occupy her we would just give her a bunch of towels and she would just sit there folding them. And that was like the best case scenario versus like I've had other patients with dementia and they're just out of control because they just are so disoriented and it's not even their fault. You know, they can't help it. But, you know, you know, you, you, you don't expect the same level of functioning from a dementia patient that you would expect from like a 24 year old who maybe just like, I don't know, has surgery done and simple surgery they're in and out and it's crazy to me because if I'm coming I just thought like if I'm coming to you expressing that I am having a mental crisis and you expect me to still perform and be responsible I just felt I remember thinking like you wouldn't give a dementia patient responsibility and expect them to perform and not, I'm not saying that I have dementia or anything but it's just like we see the importance of a stable mind there, but how come we didn't see it in my situation when I'm coming to you in tears, like telling you I am not okay? Like, I essentially, like, I don't know, like, you wouldn't have a dementia patient taking care of other patients on a nursing floor. So, why do you expect me, who, not that, like I said, not that I'm a dementia patient, but I, I'm going through something right now and I'm not able to show up the way I need to, but you expect me to be responsible for other people. It just didn't make sense to me. And so when they told me, oh, just take 15 minutes, it really rubs me the wrong way because 
they made it sound like I was inexperienced or new to the job, which I was not at that point. I had several years of experience under my belt in the healthcare field. And I know the difference between showing up on a rough day and reaching your like your end, like your limit, your boundary, where it's like, if I continue going, if I cross this line, I don't know what might happen, but it won't be good. Because I've had to work through death when my grandfather died. I've even, I had to work through death when I found out about a friend that I went to college with that passed away, found out about that, and I was at work, and and I've had to work through breakups and relationship issues and just tough times at home and just, you know, regular everyday life. It happens, but you still got to show up. And there's a difference between the days that you show up to work and you maybe lock yourself in a bathroom and cry and wipe your tears and get back out there versus a day where, like I said, like you just know something is off, something is not okay. I need to step back. And I think that there is definitely... Uh, a sense of maturity and it's like commend I don't want to keep saying commendable but it's so respectable when somebody is able to recognize their limits like that like that is responsibility being handled properly in my opinion so shout out to Simone I think she's still the GOAT and she's still black girl magic in my opinion I don't care I heard somebody tried to say that she was black girl tragic and that's just ridiculous like as far as get up 10 podcast is concerned Simone Biles is still black girl magic And as I was thinking about these two amazing females, I also just thought about the fact that a lot of people get caught out here trying to impress people who don't even matter at the end of the day. And I won't even say a lot of people because I've been that girl trying to prove myself to a guy or a coworker or whatever it might be. And at the end of the day, like, where they at? Because I'm still here, but where are they, you know? And I feel like it's such a setup when I was debating this in my own head, like, this whole concept of proving yourself, it's like, what are your real motives for doing that? Because in some instances, you're out here trying to prove a point to somebody who could care less, to somebody who's honestly not going to be around in a couple years, to somebody who doesn't even have your best interests at heart, and that is just a recipe for disaster, and you're going to drive yourself crazy, it's not going to turn out good. But I think on the flip side, because I like to look at two sides, I was just speaking with somebody who's like a grandmother to me and she said every coin has two sides and I like to adapt that mentality. So I think if you are trying to make a point that will create positive change and impact, then by all means go for it. But if you're just out here trying to impress somebody who doesn't matter, like I would urge you to pause and question like is that person really, really worth it? Like really worth it, you know? And I don't want to end this podcast without giving you guys some tips, some verses, and all that good stuff, because I could talk about my experiences, but I want to make sure that you definitely take something away. And so I wanted to give some mental health tips. Um, And it's funny, I, I actually did a, I was going to call it a TikTok. Oh my gosh, that shows you that I have been on social media. I did a reel on Instagram. And hopefully when I get back on there, eventually it will come back up. And it was actually my one of my most popular ones. And it was just like some free mental health tips. And so I'm going to share some of those here as well. So if you're struggling with mental health, uh, whether you're just having a rough day or you have a lot on your mind or whatever, um, one of the tips that I want to give you is to get outside and change your scenery. 
Um, I know for me, like, I cannot be stuck in my house past a certain amount of time. I need to get out. I need fresh air. I need sunlight. I need vitamin D. I need, like, all the good things. Like, and there's literal studies that show the benefits of just getting outside. Like, even if you don't go anywhere, if you just step outside of your physical surroundings, it's so important. And even a change of scenery, like, if you don't want to be outside or if it's the wintertime, like, go somewhere new see something new you you never know I think that's part of what excites me about leaving my house is like you never know who you're going to meet what you're going to see it's like I like to believe that opportunities and inspiration and blessings are literally so close they're just waiting for you to come to them sometimes and so when I think about getting out it just it's just so helpful you know it really does change your mind it gets your mind off of whatever it is that it might be stuck on so definitely a big advocate for getting outside going for a walk going for a drive meeting up with a friend all of that and my next tip is to give your feelings a healthy outlet and that has many forms so an outlet could be journaling an outlet could be having a conversation with somebody that you trust and love uh, an outlet could be artwork, an outlet could be working out, could be sports, you know, if you got some aggression in you, I know they have places now where you can, like, throw axes and, like, smash stuff, which they didn't have as much back in the day, but it's definitely a thing now, and for me, like, I like to definitely take my aggression out working out, <laughs> so just whatever you're feeling in your head, just make space to let it out, don't keep it bottled in for sure, bottled in, bottled up, whatever. And I also want to say, like, don't keep dark or deep or, like, feelings that might be scary to other people because of maybe it's not a popular belief or it just is something that people like to, like, shy away from or it makes things awkward. Like, no matter how deep and dark your feelings and thoughts might be, I want to encourage you to still get them out and not worry about how other people might receive it because it's going to affect you at the end of the day more than it's going to affect them. And just because some people, for one person who might, you might speak your truth and it might be too much for them. There's definitely like a handful of other people for that one person who you can speak your dark, deep truth and they're going to get it and they're going to understand it and they're going to walk through it with you and they're going to encourage you. So it's definitely all about finding the right people. Jeff, one thing I've learned in my journey over this past year of just, I guess, my own recovery journey in a way is when you share your story, ask yourself, what is the purpose of this? Who am I sharing my story with? Um, what is the end goal I hope that will come from me sharing my story? If I don't achieve that end goal, is it still okay? And yeah, like if if you can't answer those questions with a, with peace of mind, I would question if you really need to share your story. But if you feel like it's a safe space for you to share your story, to speak your truth, definitely do it. It's so much freedom when you speak things. Even, and one thing my therapist shared with me is that even if you can't speak things out loud, even just writing them down. And that goes to my next one of my other points is to journal. I'm such a big advocate for journaling. I really think that it gives you the space to look back and see your growth and just the space that you were in before or even like the blessings and good stuff that has happened in the meantime. It's just 
so important and I know people are like, oh, but I don't have time to write every day and you don't have to, but it definitely helps to write things down. Um, I already touched on working out, but I'm going to say it again. Like literally our bodies were made for movement. And so even if you don't like to run, I would encourage you to maybe swim. If you don't like to swim, I would encourage you to walk. If you don't like to walk, there's so many ways out there to move your body and your body. Like I said, it literally is, it needs movement. It's dependent on movement. Like your well-being requires movement. And so working out is definitely going to get you out of a funk, especially when you find the form of working out that works best for you. Like if you know me, if you've been listening to my podcast, I'm pretty sure I've said this. People like will comment and be like, oh my gosh, like you look great. You're so fit, blah, 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 blah. What do you do? And literally y'all, I just take classes. You know why? Because I don't have time to plan workouts. I don't have time to show up to the gym to work out by myself and then talk myself out of reps because I'm just not feeling like doing it today. No, I don't have time for none of that. What I do have time for is to wake up and show up and take a class. Um, I, I, all, I do, all I do is show up. All I have to do is show up, okay? The instructor has the workout plan for me. That's on them. All I do is show up and do what I'm told to do. And I leave feeling great. So if you don't like to plan workouts, if you're afraid to work out by yourself, take a class, y'all. Like, there's really so many options out here. So don't make excuses. And like I said, our bodies are created for movement. So I can pretty much guarantee improve mental health with working out because the research shows, you know. And lastly, I just want to touch on finding a great therapist, um, which is something that I, I'm definitely team therapy and Jesus, team talk to my therapist and pray to God, you know, like I don't say, oh, just pray, keep praying, keep praying, or, oh, you, you know, you don't need to pray, just go see a therapist. I definitely believe it's like a harmony of the two. And even if you're not necessarily like a Christian, whatever your spiritual practices. Like, I do believe that you can tie that in with therapy. And so um, when it comes to finding a therapist, I have a few tips. So one is to see if your insurance will cover it through your job. That's one tip I've received. Another one is, I believe the website is Psychology Today. They have like a search engine or search that you can do for therapists. And then you can also use filters to like specify um what kind of issues you might want to address with the therapist specifically um if gender of the therapist matters to you you can specify that you can specify if you have you know like religious things like if you want a jewish counselor or a christian counselor or or somebody who's not going to talk about religion or spirituality at all like you can specify all of that you can specify if you want to be in person online so that's definitely a great resource and then I forgot to look them up, but there's also resources for like black girls specifically. Mm, I don't know if it's like black girl therapy, something along those lines. Y'all can Google it. That's there too, if that applies to you or if that's something you might be interested in. And, and also, most importantly, <laughs> I want to say that finding a good therapist is like dating. So if you start with a therapist and you don't feel like they are quote unquote the one, don't be afraid to professionally end that relationship and find somebody else. Like finding the right therapist is so, so key. And I've had to take that advice myself because I was working with a therapist and I loved her. Don't get me wrong. Like she was a vibe. She was like another grandma to me and I just adored her. But 
I felt like I was just paying money to talk to somebody. And I'm like, for that, I got plenty of people I could talk to. And so I asked around and I found I got a referral to another therapist and I've been working with her and I've seen so much growth in our time together. Like she is night, not night and day, but like she's just, it's just a completely different experience. Like there is structure there. There is like follow up and follow through with things. She gives me assignments. She expects me to journal and I feel like I have done so much better with her. And that's because I decided to leave my other therapist behind and find a new one. And so, like I said, that and that goes back to fighting for yourself and sticking up for yourself. Because imagine if I just said, oh, I'm going to stay with my first therapist because, you know, like she's really nice and I don't want to hurt her feelings. Well, then I would be missing out on the breakthrough and the freedom and the healing that is like destined for me because I was afraid of that and I'm not missing out on that and neither should you. So definitely encourage finding a good therapist or a counselor. Um, and also in the in discussions about therapy, I've heard people say like, oh, well, talking with my friends is therapy. Oh, going outside is therapy. And it's true. If you look at the, the meaning of the word therapy, it really just has to do with healing. And healing comes in a lot of different forms. But I think I just want to caution people who are just like, oh, I just talked to my friends. Well, the saying goes, birds of a feather flock together. And also the other one is like, tell me your, the five people you spend the most time with and I will tell you your future. And so while it might be great to talk to your friends, if y'all are on the same level, is it really taking you somewhere? Is it really like furthering you? Is it really working on your healing? Or are your friends enabling your behavior because they're stuck in their own trauma too? You know, like I just, I just want you guys to think about these things because Friends are great, trust me, like it definitely helps to talk to your friends, but if you're serious about your growth, you're going to have to make some decisions, and also, I think if you're serious about your growth, while you may be able to heal with your friends, um, I want you to think about if it will be at the same speed or pace as if you worked with any unbiased professional, you know, keyword unbiased, um, <laughs> because that's so important, if, if you have a therapist that is biased or trying to force beliefs on you, that is the wrong person. And lastly, before I close out, you know, I like to throw in some scriptures. So when I came home, it's been a year now, and I've been working through my own healing journey. Um, some scriptures that I've held on to that I felt related to this topic, I'm going to share with you guys. So the first one is, above all else, guard your heart from everything you do flows from it. And when I when I hear this verse, I not only think about your heart, but your mind, your emotions. I think that's all wrapped together. And so guard that. You know, the saying that we love to say, protect your peace. Yeah, protect your peace at all costs. And this next verse is a little bit long, but I'm going to read through it and highlight the main points. So, oh, the guard your heart verse, verse is Proverbs 4.23. And this next verse is the uh, end of Philippians. So Philippians chapter 4. And I'm going to read verses 4 through 7. And this is the ESV translation. So it says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. 
Um, so the things I want to point out, because I'm not about to read that again, was to rejoice, you know, it's hard. It's definitely easy to stay in a dark space when you're looking at the negative things and everything that's going bad. But when you are adamant and intentional about being grateful, it does something for your spirit. So I want to encourage you guys to find little things to celebrate, find little things to be joyful for, grateful for in every day. The next thing I want to highlight is do not be anxious about anything, y'all. Do not. Like, anxiety is a liar. Half the stuff that you're worried about is not even going to happen, okay? And I think it says do not be anxious, but in every situation by prayer and petition. So when I think about that, like, have you prayed? Have you talked to God about it? I remember I used to have friends that would always ask me that, call me out on that. Okay, but did you pray? But did you pray? And I'm like, ooh, I didn't. And so now I'm very careful to make sure I talk to God. I'm not just talking to my friends or my therapist, but I'm also talking about God, about the things that worry me and petition. Maybe you need to ask God for something. Maybe you need to ask your support group, your community, the people around you for something. But either way, like pray, open your mouth, open, use your voice. And it also says with Thanksgiving, which goes back to being grateful, there's so much power and freedom and gratitude. Um, yeah. And then if you actually like go open up that chapter, whether in your physical Bible or the Bible app, the rest of those verses, verses eight to whatever, talks about um, things to keep your mind focused on that will guard your heart, guard your mind, because like the first verse said, everything you do, everything you do flows from your heart. Everything you do flows from your mind. So make sure that thing is in good shape, y'all, because <laughs> we're going to know. And also, I don't want to read this verse, but I just want to refer to Romans 12, too, which talks about the importance of renewing your mind. Don't be afraid to explore new things, try new things, think differently, reinforce positive things, affirmations. You know, that stuff is so important. And I believe that the Bible supports this stuff, you know, your mental health. The Bible and mental health are not separate, y'all. Like, you can't have one or the other. Like I said, Jesus and therapy. So I hope you guys got something good out of this episode. I'm going to stop rambling now. And I'll see you guys soon. We still got a lot more topics to talk about. And um, I hope to soon be back on social media or figure out a way to communicate with my listeners. Because I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear your thoughts I want to hear your suggestions you know and um, I definitely want to get some interviews going up again soon too because I love them so much I love to hear people's stories and even doing interviews I learned so much more about my friends people that thought that I already knew so hopefully I can share some more of those with you guys soon and oh right on time my computer is about to die I will see you guys soon and I just want to encourage you guys to keep fighting Keep getting up from every knockdown and just know that the victory is yours, y'all. I don't know what you're dealing with, but the victory is yours. So I'll see you guys soon.